about you, but every time my phone rings and I look down and see that it's an unsaved number, I'm like, who in the world is this and why are they calling me? And on the off chance that I actually answer that phone call, about 90% of the time it's this automated voice telling me that they're offering me a extended warranty on my car. And my first thought is, my car is like 20 years old. There is no warranty that is extended that far for this vehicle. Just, there's no shot. I'm like, if you're gonna scam me, at least make it, you know, a little bit more believable, like some Nigerian prince offering me a bazillion dollars to wire their grandma some money. I mean, that's more, that's more believable than someone offering my 20-year-old car a new warranty. And welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. So on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my top five scams that I've come across while traveling. Um, And you know, when you think about scams while traveling, I mean, they happen all the time, right? I mean, you always have to be watching your back. You always have to be kind of looking out, but you have to do that anywhere, right? You have to do that in the United States or wherever your home country is. Um, But normally... You know, when you're traveling, they're just a little bit more bizarre. I mean, um, it's not like some homeless person on the side of the road just begging for money as you drive by. Um, you know, they have to, that's like their livelihood. Some people are, you know, being forced to beg and scam and stuff like that. So it's a little bit more uh, ingenious uh, when it comes to your traveling scams that you might encounter. Uh, so, most of these um, are pretty specific to locations, and I always found it interesting because whenever you do a ton of research for a trip, um, you always come across like what to watch out for, um, what scams are prevalent in the area, and so I've always found it interesting. I mean, there's always those scams of like, oh, the you know the meters aren't going to be working, and they're going to like charge you extra in a cab, um, or you know they might try and do this thing or that. Um, and those are like global scams, but then there are specific scams for certain locations where it's like, oh, you know, in Singapore, you have to watch out for this one specific scam. And then you get there and that one scam actually happens and you're like, whoa, I read about this. And it never happens anywhere else in the world except for that one location. And it's always, it's just like this culturally interesting thing um, that I love about traveling. You're just able to see the world and you're able to see, you know, different caveats, different places, what makes each spot unique. Um, and so a few of these, I, I have my top five. I'm sure there are, you know, many other things that have happened that I've either, you know, noticed that just didn't come to mind or that I just haven't noticed and I was oblivious to. Um, but these were like the top five that were pretty unique. There's a couple on here, you know, that I could apply to different locations. Um, but where they happened, it was just really pronounced and unique for that one location. Uh, so I'm going to start off in Cambodia. Um, and so most of these scams, you know, if you've listened to those specific country episodes, you've heard these scams within those episodes. Um, but in Cambodia, I ran across this situation where the tuk-tuks would never have change. And, you know, sometimes some of these scams are like, was that really a scam or just like an unfortunate, you know, situation or coincidence? But, you know, it was really interesting because I wasn't just paying with like $100 bills over there in Cambodia. I mean, there were a few times where I'd pay like with a 20 and they wouldn't have change. But there were times I'd have like a $5 bill for like a $3 tuk-tuk ride and they wouldn't have change. And, you know, sometimes like if I gave you a 20 and you didn't have change for a $2 ride, like, okay, I would understand that. We can try and figure it out, you know, get change somewhere else. 
But when you owe me less than, you know, what the actual charge was, then it's like, look, this is your job. How do you not have $2, you know, to give me change for this ride? Um, so the thing that kind of turned me off on maybe it's not a scam is the fact that when you're like, well, you can't just have my $10 or you can't have the $5 left that you owe me, they would still be like, okay, well, let's go to this convenience store. So they, it's not like they'd just pull out, you know, the $2 and be like, oh, just kidding. Look what I found. Ha <laughs> ha, here you go. Like they would actually be like, oh, well, I have to go across the street to the convenience store and then they'd go get changed. So I'm really not sure what was up with that. It just seemed very peculiar and it's like, you're driving people around all day and you don't have a dollar on like in your pocket, like you should have changed. So, um, that was really interesting. Uh, it was never like something, there were some interesting situations that occurred because of this deal. Um, but you know, it was never like the tuk tuk drivers were ever like defiant or anything like that. I always got my change back and it just, you know, was a little annoying at times. Um, so that, that was one, um, possible scam that I ran into Cambodia that just really stood out because it, it happened multiple times and it just seemed very unrealistic that that should be happening in that scenario. Um, next is over in Turkey. Uh, this is another one of those where I was like, is this a scam? Like it doesn't feel like this should be a scam, but then at the same time, it just seemed so far fetched that it had to be a scam. Um, this was when I was renting a car. And it only happened one time, and you know I had some pretty annoying situations when it came to my car pickup and delivery and stuff like that. Um, renting a car in Turkey was awesome, and I definitely recommend it. Uh, but there were just a few times, like whenever I'd pick up the car, the people were never where they were supposed to be, and then I'd have to like go to other car rental companies, and they'd have to call people, and it was just a whole ordeal. Both times I rented cars in Turkey. And then both times that I dropped off the cars, it was another hassle again. Like they weren't where they were supposed to be when I dropped off the car. Uh, one time, I believe uh, it was when I was in Kayseri, I dropped off the car in the parking lot that they told me to drop it off at. Uh, there were no cars in this lot, but I was like, this is where he told me to drop it off at. Um, so I left the keys in the car, like the attendant told me to at the entrance. And I go into, you know, the departure area of the airport. I go through security, everything. I have like four or five hours until my, you know, plane takes off. So I'm just like laying out there um, in the terminal. And my phone rings and I answer the phone and it's the guy from the real agency. Like, where's our car? I'm like, well, I put it where you told me to. And so he was like, well, you have to be here with us to like sign stuff out. And I'm like, are you serious? Like I tried calling you and texting you and you never answered. And then now after I've made my way through security and I'm like all comfortable and stuff, now you decide to call. So then I had to like go outside. I had to walk like a quarter of a mile up to that parking lot that I dropped the car off at. And like, I don't even think I signed anything. Like the guy just walked around the car and was like, Oh yeah, it looks great. And then drove me back to the departures gate. And I was like, are you serious? This was such a waste of time. Um, but just like a ton of miscommunications. But what really stood out to me as being a possible scam, uh, it was the first car rental I had. I believe this was also in Kayseri. And I go into the office of the rental car agency and they're telling me that I'm gonna have to put down like a $5,000 deposit on this car. And they're gonna basically take $5,000 off my credit card and hold it until I return the car. And then, 
it, it's one thing, I mean, that's a ton of money for this car deposit. Um, and so first off, I'm like, well, crap, like, you know, I, that's not my credit limit, but I don't want to be near my credit limit. Like who knows what I have to buy. You know, I could be stuck in a situation where I need a few thousand dollars to get out of this scenario. And I don't want, you know, all of my credit to be tied up in this rental car deposit. So I was like, mm, I, that's, that's not going to work. And not on, on top of the $5,000 deposit, but then they're like, yeah. And then, you know, once you return the car, then you should get it back within like two to four weeks. And I'm like, uh, no, no, like I have to get another rental car in like two days. And if they want a 2000 or $3,000 deposit on their car, I can't, I can't do that. Like I can't have, you know, $10,000 of deposits taken off my credit card. Like that's just not going to work. I can't do that. Um, and so they're like, okay, well, if you don't want to pay a $5,000 deposit, if you just pay an extra $20, then you don't have to put a deposit. And that's when I was like, okay, some, something's a little fishy here. When the price tag for this car deposit goes from $5,000 all the way down to $20, if I just forfeit $20 right off the bat. So once again, this is one of those where I've never heard of anything like this before. It was like a reputable company. Um, but it was just like really strange that it would go from, you had to pay $5,000 that will hold for this car to, if you just give us an extra 20 bucks, you don't even have to pay a deposit. Um, uh, that just seems like way too far, you know, way too different <laughs> dollar amounts for, you know, the safety of this vehicle. Um, so that was, that was probably the most annoying thing that happened to me on my turkey trip. Like going to Turkey was amazing, but that happened. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, this is so stupid. Like no one's going to, I'm not going to pay a $5,000 deposit. And then the fact that you're able to go all the way down to 20 bucks just because I wasn't going to pay the deposit is just like, this has got to be unethical somehow. Um, so yeah, that's my car deposit scam in Turkey. It, it only happened at the one car, uh, rental place. It didn't happen at the other rental place. Uh, I don't even think I had to pay a deposit at the other rental place. So I'm not, not too sure. Um, but it just seemed too unrealistic for me to believe that it was true. Um, my next scam that I'm going to talk about was in India. This was really interesting. So there, there were a ton of scams <laughs> that were going on in India. Let me tell you, but this one in particular just stood out the most. Um, actually I'll give you back to back ones. The first one was where, um, I got in a taxi, uh, it was actually a tuk-tuk and this, the stranger on the road, uh, who was from, uh, he was from India, but he had lived in America for a long time. So he spoke great English. We were like having a good conversation, just walking down the road. Uh, and he was like, you need to go to the, um, basically the government tourist agency and they'll give you like a free map. And there's like this coupon or something that will allow you to get into, um, the sites for like a discounted price. And so right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is probably not legit. Um, but you know, I'm in India, so let's just see what happens. So he like arranges for me this tuk-tuk ride, super cheap. Um, and so then I get in and then he takes me to this place and I get out and I go inside and I immediately realize that this is just a private tour agency. So two things, either the first guy who I was talking to was in on the scam and like told the tuk-tuk driver to take me to this tour agency. Or either the tuk-tuk driver just knew I didn't know where I was going and took me there and just figured I'd go in and book a tour. 
Um, so either way, that was a scam. I just don't know who to blame for it. Uh, but yeah, they'll just like take you to random places or, you know, trick you into thinking you're going to a government agency and you're not. Um, but anyway, so as soon as I realized that this was just a local tour agency, I was like, nope, I'm out of here. I walk out and I wanted to go to the India gate there in Delhi. And so one of these, this is one of the scams that I had read about online. And so when it happened, I was like, uh-uh, I know what you're doing. Like I've, I've read about this. Um, and so Basically, they say that wherever you want to go, there's a riot happening or there's some protest or some demonstration. And so for your personal safety, they're like, we're not going to take you there. Um, but instead of taking you to this place that you want to go, how about we go to this other site? There's nothing happening there. And then in a couple hours, that riot will be over. Um, and then I can take you there after. And so basically what they're trying to do is hustle you and sell you a tour that you don't really want. Um, maybe even take you places you don't want to go um, just so that you know you're having to pay them for maybe their touring abilities or just to pay to drive you around for a little bit longer um, than you initially wanted. So I wanted to go to uh, the India Gate there and so I negotiate a deal and I get in the tuk-tuk and the guy I negotiated the deal with was like I don't know he must have just been like the head honcho guy and he was like divvying out who was taking people places and so he like told this one guy to drive me there and this guy gets into the tuk-tuk and I don't know if he didn't like the deal that I had made with the other guy or what but he gets in and he's like where are we going and so I tell him I want to go to the India gate and he says um there's a riot going on there right now um basically it's not safe to go uh but let me take you to he pulls out a map and he's like let me take you to these like five other places and then by that time it'll be all cleared up and we can go to the india gate so not only did i know what scam was happening because i'd already researched it, i'd already read about it and heard about it but i also did not have time for this crap at all like i was on a very tight time schedule when i was in delhi and I was like, I have this like afternoon planned out to a T and I have like five stops to make in about six hours. So I'm going to need you to just do what I say and take me there. or I'm just going to, you know, find someone else. So after like probably a couple minutes of him being like, no, I'm not going to take you there. I was like, look, you know, either you take me there or, or not, but this is where I want to go. And I don't care if there's a riot going on there or not. That'd be interesting. Like, take me there. Let's see it. And so finally he was like, get out of my tuk-tuk. And I was like, what? Like, I've never been told to get out of someone's tuk-tuk before. They're usually like, fine, whatever, let's go. He's like, get out of my tuk-tuk. I'm not taking you there. And I'm like, okay. So I grab my backpack, I get out of the tuk-tuk, and I literally walk to the end of the street. And then I just ask this, the next tuk-tuk I see. I'm like, hey, will you take me to the India Gate? And the dude's like, sure. I agree on the same exact price. We go there. Sure enough, it's a beautiful day over at the India Gate. Nothing's going on. Uh, but that was just multiple reasons that that was an interesting scenario. One, because uh, one, I had really I'd researched that scam, so it was really like, hey, the fruits of my labor had paid off. Like, I know what's happening here. I know this is a scam. It's complete, you know, BS. Um, and then not only that, but then he refused to take me there. When I refused his scam, he refused to even do the original thing I wanted to do, which was really crazy. I've never had that happen before or since. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, next is in Egypt. And just like in India, 
there were a ton of scams going on in Egypt. Um, that was the most intense trip I've ever taken. Um, and it was just wild from start to finish. There was so much going on. I mean, everyone was just constantly in your face. Um, and you know, it, it's crazy, but that's what makes travel such an adventure. And that's what makes, you know, enjoying different cultures, um, and experiencing different cultures is just so cool. Um, because, you know, if something like what happened in Egypt would have happened in the United States, like someone probably would have gotten hurt. The, there would have been, you know, a lot of people involved in this <laughs> these scenarios. Um, but in Egypt, it's just like a normal thing. And whether that's, you know, good or bad, um, it's just the culture. And so you kind of have to go into it, you know, being aware um, and just not necessarily being okay with it, but just being like, okay, this is what I expect to happen. And just being prepared um, for everything that's going to come your way. So there were a ton of different scams in Egypt, but some of the most prominent ones um, were one, uh, people would want to try and take your picture. Uh, and so like, especially because I was traveling solo, people would be like, hey, let me take a picture of you. Um, and so then if they would take a picture of you, um, then they would obviously want to get paid for, you know, their amazing photography skills. Um, not only that, but, you know, I never saw people like run off with phones, but that's always, you know, a possibility. Whenever people ask me how I get pictures, I say I just find someone who looks slower than I am and ask them to take a picture because if they're going to run off with my phone, at least I can catch up with them and tackle them to the ground and take my phone back or whatever. Um, so, uh, while you're in Egypt, if someone asks you, you know, let me take a picture of you, uh, the 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 least thing the least bad thing that's going to happen is you're going to be you know requested to pay a few you know a few cents for their amazing you know uh amazing photography skills there um but then also you know sometimes they'll be like hey like take a picture with me um and you know sometimes you go to places especially in foreign countries and people want to take pictures of you because you know you're that foreigner you're that tourist that you're that white person that they've never seen before um and so you're like oh yeah cool let's take a picture and so you take a picture um and then like you might take a picture on your phone they'll take a picture on their phone um but then in egypt they're like okay where's my money and it's like what do you mean like we took a picture together. Why would I give you money? And sometimes, you know, they're like in some traditional dress or something like that. And it's like, okay, this is like a scam that they want money from you to take a picture or not a scam, but like just a, their little side hustle. They're dressing up in like, you know, ancient Egyptian wardrobes and stuff and want to take pictures. Uh, but I remember one time I was at um, the Pyramid of Dozer over in Saqqara and this guy had like this traditional like staff and like this headdress on and everything and he's like uh will you take a picture with me and I'm like sure of course um and so uh he had like a phone and so I took a picture with him on his phone and I'm like hey can we take one with my phone too uh, and he's like yeah sure so we take a picture and I start walking away and he's like hey are you gonna are you gonna pay me he's like sheesh and I'm like uh why would I pay you anything? And he's like, because you took a picture with me. And I'm like, well, I took a picture with you. Are you going to pay me anything? Uh, I'm like, because I was in your picture too. So if you're not going to pay me anything, then I'm not going to pay you anything. And he's just like, okay, like basically you got me there. Like I was in your picture, fine, whatever. He kind of just like laughed and walked away. Uh, but it's like, I literally did the exact same thing that you're wanting to get paid for and you're expecting me to pay you for it? That doesn't make any sense, but whatever. 
So that was that was kind of a funny scam there, and you just got to be careful because literally every little thing that someone someone offers to do for you, they're gonna expect to be paid. Um, so you know you might meet the nicest person ever, and if they offer to do something for you, more than likely they're gonna ask you for a couple extra dollars. You know. And the thing about Egypt is you can literally pay anybody to do anything. Um, there are very few rules in Egypt that I feel like you cannot probably bribe your way out of. Um, I mean, in the Valley of the Kings, uh, there are some uh, different uh, tombs there where it's like not allowed to take photos or anything. Uh, and you'll go in there and the guards will just be like, hey, I'll take your picture for you know $2 or something like that. And sometimes you're like... Okay, sure. Uh, there was one time I was in, I believe it was in Nefertiri's tomb, and this is one of the most beautifully decorated tombs uh, in the Valley of the Queens. Like they just, um, they just opened the tomb of like maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and then they had sealed it off for a long time, and they just opened it up a few years ago, and so the colors are like brand new. It's immaculate, and you can't take photos in there even if you have a photo pass, and so. You know, I wasn't planning on taking pictures in there. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a responsible tourist in here. I'm just going to, like, enjoy it. And, you know, you're in there all by yourself. It's absolutely incredible. And then the guard, like, came up to me and was like, for, um, I think it was like 400 Egyptian pounds or something. So it was like maybe $10. Uh, he was like, I'll let you take pictures. And I was like, no, it's all right. Thanks. Like, appreciate it. I'm just looking. Uh, I don't want to take any pictures. And, like, this guy would not leave me alone. So, like, for 15 minutes, I'm just wandering around the tomb, just, like, enjoying it. And this guy's just, like, standing behind me, like, 400 Egyptian pounds. Like, I'll let you take pictures. And I'm finally, I'm just like, fine, whatever. Just leave me alone and let me <laughs> enjoy this by myself. So then uh, he's like, okay, you better hurry. I'll go keep watch. And so he, like, runs and stands, like, at the entrance to make sure, like, no nobody else is coming into the tomb. Um, and I think I took a few pictures and I paid him like 10 bucks or something. But, you know, there's like, I think you can get away with a lot of stuff there if you have like just a couple bucks. Whenever I was at the pyramids, um, the, the guy who was leading me around on my camel, he was like, do you want to climb up on the pyramids? And I was like, duh. And so he's like, okay, I'll go talk to the guards. And so literally there was like a group of three or four other people near this pyramid um, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it was the smallest out of the three pyramids there on the Giza Plateau, and um, basically the the guy, my guide, went up to uh, the security guard who was like riding around on a camel over there, and basically you know was talking to him and I guess told him what I wanted to do. I don't know, and so the security guard literally like herded the other like three or four people who were on camels around to like the other side of this one of the little tiny pyramids there so that they couldn't see me and then I went up and climbed like you know a quarter of the way up the pyramid and my guide's like taking pictures and he's like okay hurry hurry come down before the guard comes back and then I think I paid him like 50 cents and he was like oh yeah that's plenty like he'll be happy with that and I'm like what um so yeah anyways that's not even the biggest scam. So the worst scam that I came across uh, is uh, they're at the plateau. And, like, these people are so aggressive. Uh, and they would literally just, like, grab your hands and shove stuff into your hands. Like, they would have, like, beads and necklaces and things like that. And they would just, like, grab your hand 
and like put something in the palm of your hand and be like, oh, it's a gift. They like close your hand over and then be like, oh, this is a gift. So most of the time I'd be like, no, no, like I don't, I appreciate it, but no, thank you. Here you go. And they'd be like, are you sure? I like, no, this is a gift for you. And I'm like, no, no. And they like take it back. Sometimes like they wouldn't take it back. Like you'd be like putting out your hand to give it back to them and they would like, you know, put their hands up like, no, 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 we don't want it back. It's a gift for you. And then like you just like put it back on their table or, you know, whatever they had with all their stuff on it and like just walk away. And then sometimes I remember one time I was on a camel and I was just like walking around. This guy comes up to me, shoves, it was like a couple beads into my hand. He's like, this is a gift for you. I'm like, no, like, thank you so much, but no. Um, And he was like, no. And he like refused to take it back. And so I was like, you know what? Like, fine. And so I literally was just like, okay, thank you. And I just like turned back on my camel and started like walking away. And he was like, hey. And he like, you know, he was for like maybe 30 seconds. He was like kind of upset. And he was like, hey, where are you going? And I was like, you said it was a gift. And then he was just like, okay. And then he like goes on to the next guy. And I'm like, I don't know. It's hilarious. But I had just, that's the only time I ever did that. But I was like. It was probably the 50th time that someone had tried to, like, scam me into buying their little trinkets, and I was just over it. And I was just like, okay, you said it's a gift, so I'm just going to take it. Like, you said it was for me. Fine, I'll take you up on it. Let's see what happens. And, I mean, it was probably worth, like, five cents or something stupidly cheap. And he was just like, whatever, I'll just go scam the next person. It was it was pretty hilarious. Um, the one thing about Egypt is most of the time... You know, you don't want to be in places where there are a ton of people. But in Egypt, if you the, the monuments are so vast. Like when I was at the Karnak Temple there, it's it's like the world's largest open-air museum. And it's absolutely massive. And there were probably 50 tour buses there. So many people. Um, but there were times, because this complex is so large, there were times where I would literally be the only person around. Like, I would turn in circles, and I could not see anybody within the columns or behind the statues. Like, it was just me. It was crazy. And the best part about this is there's so many people there that if you say no to, you know, someone trying to sell you something or trying to scam you out of your money or whatever, then they'll just be like, okay, well, there's like... 5,000 other people here. I'll just go scam someone else. Like, I'm not going to waste my time on you. Um, Whereas, like, some places, you know, you're all by yourself there. And so they're just, like, following you around the the complex. Like, this is the only person here. He has to cave for one of us, you know? So, yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, One last... I only wrote down that scam right there, but I just keep thinking of more scams in Egypt while I'm talking about it. Uh, When I was in Luxor... Um, I was just walking around town. I go by this like little market and there was this guy with henna. And so I was like, I'm going to get a henna tattoo. That'll be pretty cool to get here in Egypt. Um, so it was pretty cheap. It was like maybe five bucks, something like that. Not expensive at all in my opinion. Um, and so he gave me this henna tattoo, uh, and it was, it was a pretty good size, uh, tattoo there. And so I'm like, okay, sweet. Like that was really cool. It was really cheap. Um, and so then I'm walking home or walking to my hotel and I walk through this other little market and this random guy just comes out of nowhere and he's like, oh, that's a cool henna tattoo. Where did you get it? And I was like, I don't know. There was just this market down the road that I got it at. And he was like, well, how much did you pay for it? 
and I told him like five bucks or whatever and he's like oh my gosh like you paid way too much for that like that was so expensive like you shouldn't I would have done something like so much cheaper and it would have looked so much better and he was like let me give you one uh, and so I was like why not um, and so I'm like how much because I always try and establish how much something's gonna cost right I mean you always want to know how much something's gonna cost especially when it comes to like a henna tattoo like you can't give that back like once it happens like it's yours you can't give it back it's not like these little beads where it's like, oh, you changed your mind and now it's worth, you know, you're selling it for 10 times as much as we agreed upon. Here you go. You can have it back. It's like, it's on you. Done deal. So like I was trying to establish a price, but he would just be like, oh no, like he would not talk about a price whatsoever. And I should have just like been like, okay, whatever. Like I'm, I'm out of here. But he was very persistent and he was just consistently telling me like I would have charged you way less. And so I'm thinking, okay, I spent $5 on this one that I already have. So for way less, I mean, it's not going to cost more than $5, right? Because it's supposed to be cheaper than the one I just got. So he goes out and he like, he doesn't even have the henna stuff. Like he has to go out and buy the henna tattoo material stuff. And so he comes back and we're like sitting down in this like little random shop. And of course he like takes me to his friend's shop so the friend can try and sell me like a rug or something while I'm getting this henna tattoo as well. And so he's like, he's not even giving me the henna tattoo. Like his friend who's working at this other shop is giving me the henna tattoo. And so I'm like getting it. It looks really good, whatever. And so then he's done. I'm like, okay, like how much do I owe you? Like, this is really cool. How much do I need to pay? And the guy who originally had brought me in there was like, oh, like look, we can't talk about it here. Let's, you know, go walk outside. Um, because apparently like if they had heard me talking about prices inside the shop, then the shop owner would have to get a cut of it or something. I don't know. So we walk outside and we're like walking down the alley or whatever. And he like tells me this huge absorbent amount, like $30 for this henna tattoo. And I'm like, what? Like you literally 30 minutes ago were like, Oh, $5 was way too much. And now you're charging me like six times as much. I was like, no, I'm not paying you, you know, $30 for this henna tattoo. And he was like, oh, but I had to go and buy the henna stuff and it cost this much money. And then like you had tea at my friend's shop and then like you used my friend's time and all this stuff. And I was like, no, like <laughs> most of the time I'll try and like barter and kind of like bring you down and I'll be respectful of your time and, you know, I'm not going to like try and be a cheapskate or anything, but I'm like, no, I'm not paying you $30. It's not worth $30. You said it was going to be like $5 or less. Like I'm not paying that. That is ridiculous. And so finally, like he had the uh, henna stuff that he had used and he was holding it because he was like basically waving in my face. Like I had to go buy this just so I could do this. And so like I grabbed the box and it said, you know, it was maybe like $10 or something for this box of henna stuff. And so I was like, there was still like half of it left. And so I was like, I will pay you what this box says. Like, cause you had to go out and buy this henna stuff. So there's still some in there. So you can go give someone else henna. I will pay you like the $10 or whatever was on the box label. And that is it. And he was still like, no, like make it $20. And I was like, no, I'm giving you $10 or nothing. And he was just like, he was still like super angry. And so I pull out like 10 bucks worth and I like just put it in his hand and I'm like, that's it. Like, that's all I'm paying you. And I like just walk out 
and he's like still kind of like yelling at me but I just like don't even turn around I just keep walking and eventually he just like turns around and like goes back to his little shop or whatever but I was like what a little scammer there he's like oh this is you know I would have charged you way less than five dollars and then tries to charge me thirty dollars for one that wasn't even as good and I was like man um so yeah tons of scams in Egypt you just got to be looking out for them. There's even more that I'm still thinking about that just were not as cool as, and exciting. Um, but you can check out the Egypt episode. I don't even know if I added that henna one in the Egypt episode. Um, but <laughs> so many scams in Egypt. It's hilarious. Um, my sister, whenever I was planning on going to India, she was like, you're going to like have culture shock when you go to India. Like It's going to be crazy. And then I went to Egypt, and that was like... 150 miles an hour non-stop 24 7 and then i was just like this is insane and then i go to india and i'm just like this is like a walk in the park like am i in europe like <laughs> it's not that crazy so india is pretty wild not gonna lie but egypt definitely takes the case takes the cake for the craziest travel location that i've been to as of yet i mean it was non-stop crazy in your face, just 100 miles an hour. Um, just an introduction to Egypt. Whenever I was leaving the airport to go to Cairo, or, or to leave Cairo and go to Giza, the roads are like five lanes, right? Going each direction. And I'm like in this little tiny car, this little tiny taxi taking me over to Giza. And we're like shouldered up to the cars on both sides of us. And I start counting and I'm counting lanes. I'm like, okay, there's five lanes here. But from my right all the way to my left, shoulder to shoulder, there's like eight cars here. I'm like, we're driving eight deep through a five-lane road, and there's just like swerving and honking and speeding up and stomping on brakes. And I was like, this, this is Egypt. This is crazy, uh, and I love it. So yeah, Egypt, crazy place. Um, definitely check out that episode. Um, I think it was like my first or second episode. So throwing it way back there. Okay, so my final scam I'm going to talk about here was one that I read about online, and I was like, when I was reading about it, I was like, that's pretty crazy and pretty messed up. And then I get to Nepal, and it happens to me. I've never seen this scam anywhere else. I've never read about this scam happening anywhere else. Um, but it was pretty interesting uh, just because, once again, just like the India one, I'd read about it, and it was just like, Everyone that I read about was like, this is specifically localized in Kathmandu. And so basically what this scam is, and I talked about this in that episode just because I found it so, so interesting and so crazy of a scam. But basically, these women will come up to you, and sometimes they'll have a baby, sometimes they won't have a baby. Uh, but they'll come up to you and basically just be begging for money, and they'll be saying that it's for like formula and milk for their babies. And so, you know, most of the time when you get like a scam, you know, it, it might be like a little kid coming up to you asking for money or, you know, will you buy this little trinket or whatever. And that's like, you know, pulls at your heart a little bit because you're like these poor little kids are, you know, being forced probably to do this to make some money. Uh, but then it's another thing for like this mom to come up to you with like this little infant baby, like saying, oh, I need milk or I need, you know, money for formula and all this kind of stuff. Um, but basically... You know, obviously none of that money that you actually give them is going back to them. Um, it's either, it's probably just going to someone who's forcing them to go out and beg. Um, so you kind of just have to 
kind of get over those emotions while you're there because you know even if you know you're like oh man like I really need to help this person out um I guess you could like go to a store and buy milk and take it to them um but no matter what you give them no matter what money you give them they're not going to get it ultimately that baby's not going to get milk from that you know five dollars that you give them um so you kind of just have to disassociate from that and just be like no this is a scam this isn't going to help you uh, it's probably just going to hurt you more because it's going to show the value of this scam. Um, and so you kind of just have to be like, Ugh. you know, just going to be like, no, sorry, I can't. And just like turn and walk away. Um, but that's that's probably one of the worst scams I've ever seen just because of how terrible it is. I mean, that's awful. Telling like these moms to take their babies out there to go beg for you. Like that's, that's messed up. Um, so... Yeah, it's not necessarily as intense as like an Egyptian scam, but it's just like pretty brutal, just the scam in and of itself and what, you know, they're forcing you to turn away and say no to. Um, that's pretty rough. Um, but that's one of those scams that happened to me a couple times in Kathmandu, um, just like walking around the Tamil section. Um, I haven't seen that anywhere else in research or, you know, in actualization. Um, but yeah. So... Those are, it started off with my top five scams. I guess I'll just have to change it to the top five scam locations um, because I definitely went over more than five scams here. Um, and like I said, there's probably more. Um, like when I was talking about Egypt, I hadn't even thought about some of those in a long time and they just kind of kept coming back to me. <laughs> um, and there's even more that I haven't mentioned thinking about it that I could have added. Um, so, but you know, like I said earlier, there's scams that happen everywhere. There's scams in the United States. There's scams in Europe. Um, there's like pickpockets everywhere, you know, in like Europe and stuff like that. Um, there's just stuff that you have to be aware of. Um, and, you know, sometimes um, they might get the better of you. There have been times where, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, that was probably a scam. And I just got taken, like, taken advantage of. Um, but, you know, if you do a little bit of research um, and just know what to look out for, um, like in India, you know, if I hadn't looked into that, if someone was like, oh, there's a riot going on, I'd be like, oh, man, thanks. Like, sure, take me wherever you want. Don't want to go near that place. Um, but because I knew the scam and I knew what was happening, I was able to avoid that scam, even though I got scammed to get to that scam. Uh, <laughs> you know, you just had to know what to look out for. Do a little bit of research and just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of what's going on. Um, and you know, you should be all right. And sometimes, you know, you do get scammed, you do get taken advantage of, but then, you know, you're able to learn from it and you're able to, you know, help out others who, you know, might fall for that same scam. You're kind of help, you know, pass the knowledge on, you know? So, um, yeah, with that being said, that's all I've got for today. Uh, thank you for joining me here again. Uh, remember to check out my Instagram at educate your travel. I'd love to hear from you there. Um, leave a comment, send me a message. Uh, if you have anything that you'd like me to talk about on the show, I'd love to get some um, tips. We're coming up on summer here, so I'm looking forward to some possible trips that I'm going to be taking over the summer, getting some new content and stuff like that. Um, so that'll be pretty fun to issue out um, here soon. So remember, it's up to you to make your life interesting. So get up, get out, explore the world, take that next adventure. Thanks again for joining me here again today, and I can't wait to catch up with you next time. See you.